0: Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. It is Monday, December 26th. About 2 15 p.m. And Nick and I just had a Eastern wonderful... Standard
1: Time. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. For all our West Coast time. listeners, we
0: just had a wonderful Jewish Christmas where we watched the movie Spirited, starring Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. Octavia Spencer was in it. Very, very nice holiday movie. Let's start there, Nick. What did you think about the
1: movie Spirited? Uh, it was a comedy musical. Uh, That's like my favorite genre. Uh, Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell have some great chemistry. I'm going to give it a seven and a half out of 10. Uh, Super well done. Musical numbers are great. A lot of laugh out loud moments. Is it a Christmas, you know, banger that's going to be watched for the ages, like an elf or an eight crazy nights If for Hanukkah? I mean, I don't think so. I think this is a a little bit of a lower tier than those, you know, once in a generation type holiday movies. With that said, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Happy we watched it. Seven and a half out of ten.
0: Um, I actually like this movie better than Elf. I think Nicky's completely underselling it. I thought that the chemistry between Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds was amazing. And who knew those guys are literally the most talented singers I've ever heard? Who knew that they had such amazing
1: singing voices? All right, you're an idiot. Like I've told you a thousand times, their their voices are edited in post. And also, you're going to tell me it's a better movie than Elf, like that. Like, that's just a bad take. That's like saying, that's like saying, like. Casino is better than The Godfather.
0: You're thinking you're thinking of Goodfellas to say Casino is better than Goodfellas because they were both directed by Scorsese. And everybody no, I'm knows saying Casino is better, is better than, than The
1: Godfather. Uh,
0: I don't love Elf. I, I'm in the the rare minority, I guess. I don't like the concept of an adult acting like a child. It bothers me. But that's what you do
1: every single day of your life. That's not true. I don't like
0: eat candy canes for dinner and dress like a freaking elf in the middle of New York City.
1: No, you dress like an idiot eating pizza for breakfast.
0: Regardless, uh, not a huge elf guy. Ironically, Wolf Farrell does sing in that movie, too. Had a lot more singing in this movie. Um, and to bring it back to everything Brooklyn Nets, Nick, who do you think is the best singer on the Brooklyn Nets?
1: I'm going to go out on a hunch and I'm going to say Patty Mills. Yeah, that's a weird, that's a weird guess. I would I would
0: think it's Nick Claxton. I think Well, he's Patty got a Mills hell of a has guess. one of
1: those voices. I don't know if you watched his pizza review or watched him in interviews. Obviously he's Australian, so he has an accent, but he has one of those voices that doesn't match his body. It's almost a little too high for his body from that was my initial reaction. So I'm wondering if he can hit kind of like a falsetto, you know, this big basketball playing dude who has like this beautiful, light, fluffy voice.
0: You ever hear the saying you can sing as high as you can jump? Nope, that's why I think Nick Claxton is. No, I want to know. I want
1: to know where you heard that saying.
0: I've heard it from a few people here and there.
1: All right, let's move on. You look Um, like Elton John in
0: Thank you. Who's a great singer? Nick. The title of this show is the eight game. Well, it's it's the Hanukkah Nets winning streak or the eight game win streak. Thought it was very significant that you know the Nets got to that eight game number because for Hanukkah as everyone knows there were eight candles lit uh for the Maccabees it lasted eight nights no one ever talks about what happened after the eight nights or maybe that's the end of the story I gotta I gotta brush up on uh, the story of Hanukkah uh
1: regardless what, what? <laughs> just kept, yeah, I, like, I like just talk about basketball like you don't even know I'm going anything to.
0: I'm going to I, I know that the the candles lasted for eight nights and I'm Jewish so I should know more um, yeah, thanks. I don't, you don't have to be Jewish. You know,
1: there's eight candles for Hanukkah. Yeah, but I am. And I do. Okay. Get to the basketball part.
0: All right. Nets. We're going to talk about two wins this week. Um, we're going to talk about the, the eighth win they got. It was probably the most significant win of the season, despite Milwaukee not having Giannis. Uh, Nets played the Bucks on Friday, December 23rd. They won this game 118 to 100. Uh, There were two keys to this game, right? Nets got out to a a really hot start. Wait, did you say the Bucs didn't have Giannis? I'm sorry. The Bucs didn't have Middleton. They had Giannis.
1: Okay, to clarify. Giannis played in the game. Middleton hasn't played. Uh, He played a couple games, came back from his long-term injury, and now he's injured again. With that said, when he was playing this season a couple games, he shooting 32% from the field. Giannis was playing. Thank you, thank you, and for those listening,
0: I just got out of bed. Uh, it's been two long days of Christmas Eve and Christmas. And no, this is
1: how you normally sound, so it's really not uh, anything. Important. I just want to let
0: everyone know that I'm a little bit tired today, and I've had a few alcohols the past few days, and uh, I have off this week, so uh, it's nice to be recording with Nick in the afternoon. Okay, yeah, this was this was a statement win for the Nets. You, you can call it however you want. Yes, the Bucks didn't have Middleton, Chris, um, but. The Nets absolutely dominated in the first half. They did everything they wanted to with this Bucks team. Every single Nets starter was in double figures. Ben Simmons had the lowest amount of points with 12. He also had 11 rebounds, 8 assists, 6 of 9 from the field from Ben in 28 minutes. He's really starting to play some some good basketball for Brooklyn as a guy who can push the pace, as a guy who can defend the best player on the opposing team. Offensively, there's still a few things that he can do, but... Nick, he had a move in this game. I, I know you saw it where he went through the legs over body, uh, switched hands and did like a running kind of push shot over like body, It was like a
1: statue of Liberty shot. Yeah.
0: There are plays that you see like that from Ben Simmons that make you say, holy cow, this guy can be a, a ridiculously good player for the Brooklyn Nets. So, and, and again, he was the guy who scored the least amount of points among the starters. Um, Royce O'Neal, Really strong game for Royce. Five of eight from three, six of nine from the field for seventeen. Royce O'Neill was a plus twenty-four, and Ben Simmons was a plus twenty-six. Those were the highest on the team, so I want to call those two guys out. Uh, They really stepped up. Nick Claxton. So there was a moment in that third period, Nick. I know you remember this, where where the Nets were struggling to find scoring, um, and and you know the Bucks started to pick up a a few points on the Nets, and Nick Claxton really. Held his own against Giannis. He hit a multitude of tough shots where he was basically stationary, moved his feet a little bit, didn't travel, and figured out a way to score. There was a, a turnaround push, bank shot he had that was beautiful. Um, just a really strong game for Nick Claxton. Nineteen points for him, nine of ten from
1: the field. So I just want three. Yeah, I just want to say Nick Claxton. Uh, I love the dude. Developed so much this final year. This final year. This was his third year developed so much over the last few years he said uh, uh, to a reporter he thinks he should be considered for defensive player of the year. And at first you're kind of like all right who's this young cocky guy saying that he deserves to be uh, the depoy D-P-O-Y, the Depoy So he's second in blocks from what I heard a couple of days ago behind Brooke Lopez. He's top five in, st- in uh, what stocks I think they call it steals and blocks combined. He was second as a few days ago in blocks per game, uh, th- and I think he might be second in dunks as well. I know he was leading in dunks for a while. Let me just look up most dunks in the NBA right now this season. Uh, How does
0: that apply to Defensive Player of the Year?
1: I was just adding on some cool stats, but he's, he's oh, top five in almost every defensive category, and at first you like didn't think about it. His defensive ability, and you're starting to see it in these games, really the only thing he's lacking is kind of an Embiid or a Jokic thickness, but he's kind of of still pretty scrawny. He's almost got a Durant build, but he has a viable case. A couple more weeks go by at basketball, and he jumps into that number one block leader in the league. He keeps building that stock number. I don't know, man. I don't know if they'll give it to him because he's not as much of a big name as like a Brook Lopez, even a Draymond Green, a lot of these big defensive names, but... This guy's making a name for himself defensively. I really like what I'm seeing on that. end. the points, 19 points is fantastic. Obviously, we don't have that much backup in terms of big men. Like Morris comes off for him. DeRon Sharp, we don't even want to give that many minutes to. So he is logging a lot of minutes. But what he's doing with those minutes, dude, it's very impressive. And I like where he's coming. I've been talking shit about Claxton for years. Never thought he was going to get to this point. uh, And I could admit that I was wrong. He has developed into a crucial player to this basketball team.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I definitely think he has he has a case uh, for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he's just, you know, even on that, what was it, the game the other day with the Pistons, where Bogdanovich had the final shot, didn't Clax get a fingertip on that? He did, yeah. Um, so yeah, I I, I love what he's been doing this year. But Nick, I start off breaking down this game by talking about Royce O'Neal, Nick Claxton, and Ben Simmons because those are three guys not named Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, which. You absolutely love to see if you're a Nets fan. You know, I know Royce had struggled for a while. Jacques Vaughn kind of admitted that that he ran him into the ground. He's had some rest over these past few weeks. They've had a lot less games. Now you can see what a rested Royce O'Neill can do when he's hitting the three-point shot. Um, he was great in this game. And then, yeah, we can could, we could talk about Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving. I mean, KD had a monster first half, 24 points for him, 9-17 to from the field. Uh, Five rebounds, six assists. It was Kyrie Irvin who who really brought the Nets home. He was having a tough shooting night, had not scored a lot. You know when when the fourth quarter hits. That's when Kyrie steps up. Uh, I want to say maybe 11 of his 18 were scored in the fourth quarter. He had a huge layup on Brook Lopez. He had two bank shots. That's six. A foul shot. That's seven. um, And he had a fast break three. That's 10. And maybe he had one more at the line. Um, but he, he was Kyrie was absolutely phenomenal in that fourth quarter. So, you know, it was just a, an all around great team game by the Nets. And then TJ Warren, we're talking about him a lot. These last few podcasts, he came in 12 points off the bench, two of four from three, six rebounds, three assists, one steal in 21 minutes. TJ Warren has really found a, a nice role for himself on this team. Um, and you look on the other side, you look at the Bucks. They were just not able to get much going outside of Antetokounmpo and Brooke Lopez holiday had 18. He had to work for that, that 18. It wasn't an easy 18 for him to get. Um, but Ingles. yeah, I feel
1: like Joe Ingalls can't find his rhythm. I, I watched yeah. him too last night when the bucks lost to the Celtics, that would be on, on Christmas day on Sunday. Uh, Ingalls is coming over, obviously bouncing around injuries was on the jazz before this just, just hasn't found a shot yet. So I do think when Ingalls, finds his rhythm, the Bucks will be a lot more dangerous, especially with Middleton out. And the last thing I want to say uh, team-wise, you mentioned that the camaraderie of this team and, and this team effort. You could talk about Irving stepping up at the end of the game. We talked about Durant being consistent. But if you look at our numbers, dude, I mean, we're shot yeah. 50% this game. We shot 44% from the field. We had a 3-to-1 assist to turnover ratio.
0: 44% from three-point
1: land. That's what I said. You said 44% from the field. Oh, uh, sorry. 50% from the field, 44 from from three. You're right. 3-to-1 assist to turnover ratio, 30 assists to 10 turnovers, where the Bucs didn't even have a one-to-one. They had 17 assists, 18 turnovers. So this is just good basketball all around. Like you say, TJ Warren stepping up, Royce O'Neal stepping up. That's what we need, and I mentioned that a pot or two ago. Kyrie and Kevin Durant are always going to get their above 20, 25 points each when Royce O'Neal gets 17, when Ben Simmons gets 12, when TJ Warren gets 12, Watanabe 10, this game he only had five. But when he gets that 10 to 12 mark, those are the games we win. Those are the games where our stars do what they need to do and two to three role players step in and have a big contribution. That to me is how basketball should be played. That's a beautiful game. Uh, uh, more times than not, you will win when those are the numbers that you're going to see. With that said, Bucks have been out of rhythm. I think the Bucs are now on a four-game losing streak actually after that Celtics loss on Christmas. A little bit out of whack. They need Middleton back. They need him to find his stroke because you're not going to get that from Giannis, some Brooke Lopez. I love Drew Holiday. But then you got guys like Bo Champ, Grace, Grayson Allen, who you need to step up and have a big game, and that's just unreliable. So, again, good win against a top-three Bucks team. I think they're now second in the East. They could be better, but still happy with the victory.
0: Yeah, they're a team that probably – wants to make a move at the deadline, move somebody, maybe it's Pat Connaughton, maybe it's Grayson Allen, maybe it's one of those young guys, Nawara is buried on on that bench, uh maybe you move a draft pick, but it seems like they might need to get Giannis onto the um Giannis Middleton and Holiday some help. Uh and that listen, that was a big test for the Nets. We passed it. We have been talking about it all week. Obviously me and Nick are recording this podcast on Monday before the Cavaliers game. So before we get into the Warriors win, let's just give, you know, Nets Cavs a quick preview. Who do we like in this game? Do we think that we're able to uh, continue this winning streak to nine games? Or do we think that it ends tonight against Cleveland? And and be, I, let's be short with this prediction because obviously by the time people are listening, you'll probably be watching the game.
1: Yeah. I'm going to say 117-112 uh, Nets. I think this eight game win streak has been only getting better exponentially in terms of assists, in terms of performance, in terms of teamwork, in terms of confidence. I want to stress that enough. All these role players coming out, getting more confidence in their shot, hitting open threes, less turnovers. Unbelievable to see, especially for this Nets team at the beginning of the season. I was getting like 18 to 20 turnovers a game. So I think the Nets continue the streak. I think the Cavs are a tough battle. Uh, the Cavs are what? Are they a game ahead of us or a game behind us? Are they 3rd see here. Cavs are game ahead. Uh, no, we're tied. They currently have, we're they. Sorry, they have. They're twenty two and twelve. We're twenty one and twelve. They're a game ahead of us. So if we win this game, we jump to third place. We're in fourth right now. I think we have the momentum. I think we have the confidence. To me, if you just look at talent wise on a roster, Cavs are deep. We just have more top heavy talent in Durant and Irving compared to you know Donny Mitchell and Garland. Love Jared Allen, love Levert, love Mobley, but still a younger, more inexperienced team. So I think our true colors shine today. We show who we are, veteran leadership, superstar uh, level talent. And I think we're able to inch by, but they're going to put up a freaking fight because this Cavs team has a lot of depth, especially with Levert and Allen always wanting to get back at the Nets for getting rid of them.
0: Yeah, so I think think the Nets will win tonight. I'll say 120 to 116. I think it's going to be close. When you play a guy like Donovan Mitchell, who's in a situation where he's happy, I think he's a top ten player in the league. He is; his talent is unworldly. He changes the game when the ball's in his hands. He's a team guy. Offensively, he, he's up there with the best of them. Defensively, he, he's quick. Um, and when you surround him with 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 players like Jared Allen, Darius Garland, and just up and coming young point guard who's really good uh Karis LeVert, Evan Mobley, I mean they're they're a very talented team and they're a deep roster when you got guys like Chidi Osman and uh, Kevin Love coming off the bench. But that's my Cavs praise. But let's talk about this Nets team for a second. Nick coming off back-to-bull eight straight wins, but back-to-back wins against the Warriors in Milwaukee. This Nets team's feeling confident. And guess who didn't play on Christmas? The Brooklyn Nets. Because of what was going on this summer, When the NBA made the schedule, they did not think the Nets were going to have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, so they said, you know what? We're not going to give the Nets a Christmas game. We'll give everybody else that's worth a damn a Christmas game, but not the Brooklyn Nets. We'll give the Lakers a Christmas game. We'll give the Knicks a Christmas game, but we're not going to give the Nets a Christmas game. So Kevin Durant knows that. He knows it was pretty much his fault. I mean, he said that. Uh, I think it was after the Warriors or after the Milwaukee game, I think he said, you know, yeah, I'm probably responsible for us not playing on Christmas.
1: Hey, but at least Um, the Nets lost.
0: Yeah, but it would have helped us if the Sixers lost in the standings. But here's what I'll say. The Nets probably think that they should have played on Christmas. And they're a highly motivated basketball team coming off wins against two teams that are more than likely going to be in the playoffs with something to prove against little brother. Because let's face it, the Cavaliers are the Nets' little brother. They beat them in the playoffs last year. They have two guys that they traded away for essentially what became Ben Simmons and Seth Curry, if you really think about it. Um, what do you mean the Cavs beat us in the playoffs last year? No, I mean we beat the Cavs in the playoffs last year. Oh, in uh, the play-in. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is they are a little brother to us, minus uh, Donovan Mitchell. So I think the Nets come out super motivated. I think that they're, they're ready to match the intensity of a Cavs team and this game is in Cleveland so you know that you know the, the Cavs are juiced up at home um but the Nets are, are coming for these teams man they they, they they proven that they can beat the Pacers the Pistons um you know the the weaker teams in the east wow
1: we could beat the Pistons <laughs> my JCC team could beat the Pistons they've proven but they do, can oh, do that but I love Bogdanovich
0: and now, now it's it's a matter of can you can you compete against, you know, a team like the Cavaliers. So we're both picking the Nets. I'm sorry. We went a little haywire with that prediction. Uh, Nets are pissed off that they didn't get a Christmas game. They're going to show it on Monday night against the Cavaliers. And if they lose, then me and Nick are idiots. So there you go. All right, Nick, moving on. I do want to talk about this Warriors game very quickly. Uh, we have a few more segments after this. Um, but this was just a beatdown against a Warriors team that, look, they came out. They, they beat. Um, they beat the Grizzlies the other day. So they were playing without clay, no clay Thompson. I know Kerr wanted to give him off, uh, him some rest, no Wiggins in this one. So we saw a very depleted warriors team with essentially James Wiseman having the best game of his, his, his young career. He had 30 points, six rebounds. It was in garbage time. The Nets won this one, 143 to 113. Um, how many Nets were in double figures, one, two, three, four. Nine nets were in double figures. Markeeve Morris had nine. Yuta Watanabe had eight. Kyrie Irving only had, I'm sorry, Cam Thomas had five. Irvin was out in this game. He rested. My point being, every single net who played in this game scored. It was a beatdown. Nick, the nets in the first quarter scored 46 points. They followed it up in the second quarter with 45 points. That's 91 points. That's the record. If My it's math the is correct. Record. Most franchise record. Um, it was I, this it was is this a, was nice to see. This was nice to
1: see. I what? mean, listen, I, I love the Warriors after the Nets. I'd say the Warriors are my second favorite team in the league. I love Steph, I love Clay. I could do with or without Draymond, but I think Kerr is an unbelievable coach, and that franchise has been probably the most fun to watch in the last 10 years. And it's just likable, you know, least controversy, nothing sketchy. Um, always just a well rounded, fun to watch shooting team. I wanted Clay and Steph to play. I wanted to beat the Warriors full throttle. Both of them sat. We were up. Charlie's 50, Angels? Yeah, Charlie's Angels full throttle. We were up like 50 at half. It, it wasn't that fun for us after that. It was kind of just a how much are we going to let them back in? 20 points. Okay. And then we go ahead uh, up and finish the game strong. So it's kind of a game you put on in the background. Just hope that by some miracle we don't blow it. Uh, they don't have some miracle comeback. I would have liked to beat the team full throttle. It's a, it's a fun game to watch 91 points scored and a half when you literally could, could not miss. Kevin Durant firing threes from four feet beyond the arc just to freaking rub it in their face was unbelievable. I think he scored three in like a minute at one point. Um, so this is kind of a fun win. Does it tell much about the team besides just that we have confidence that we're going to roll over players? We should roll over teams that don't have their studs. Absolutely. With that said, we got a win with Steph and Clay. Uh, Warriors had a huge Christmas win over the full-throttle Grizzlies. I like using the word full-throttle now the phrase. Um, Without Steph, they beat the Memphis Grizzlies, which was awesome to see. Clay stepped up. Jordan Poole stepped up. But we need to prove that we could beat a team like the Warriors with their guys that actually matter. So fun game to watch. Cool to just run up the numbers, hit a a franchise record. That's exciting. But doesn't tell too much about what we're going to do in the future, what we need to do.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I think it was a lot more than a fun game to watch. I will take watching a, a beatdown like that. I don't care who it's against. I'll take that any day of the week over a freaking stressful two-point nail-biting finish. That's just – I love basketball. Yeah, but it depends love...
1: too. I'd rather a nail-biting finish over the Celtics than a 40-point win over the Warriors without Stephen Curry. Oh,
0: sure. Would you rather a 40-point win over the Celtics? Or a nail-biting you know, win over the Celtics.
1: A 40-point win. But my point being, it matters who you're playing.
0: It, it does matter who you're playing, Nick. And, and you know, it's funny because I was watching this game with you, if you recall, and, uh, you know, my wife was there and our mother was there and they just kept asking us to change the channel or watch something else because it was a 40-point game. And I was like, absolutely not. How often do we get to watch the Nets blow the crap out of teams? Not very often. Usually they play down to their competition – I mean, they won that game against the Pistons last week, but that easily could have gone the other way. Um, When the Nets blow out a team like that, and every, you know, there's a signature play in every blowout. My signature play was the TJ Warren alley-oop to Ben Simmons, because that was a play that didn't involve KD or Kyrie, and it was a play that made you say, oh my God, like, That's what we might be seeing TJ Warren throwing lobs to Ben Simmons. Give me that all day, Nick. Give me that every single day. I don't like that. Can you not do that with your voice? That makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, I'll stop. Anyway, um, I'll take it. Good win. Huge win. Uh, And, yeah, we're on on an eight-game winning streak uh, headed into Cleveland tonight. So nice to be a Nets fan. By the way, breaking news uh, for all you football people out there.
1: The Broncos have fired Nathaniel Hackett. Hey, you see my hat? Yep. I'm wearing a Broncos hat right now. I used to be a big Broncos guy until they got Russell Wilson, and he decided he didn't like playing football anymore. Yeah, how do you feel about the firing of Nathaniel Hackett? I mean, I want to get rid of Russell Wilson. I don't know if Hackett's to blame. Russell Wilson can't throw the goddamn football.
0: Hackett's a pretty bad coach. He's He's, uh, he's also to blame. All right, Nick. So I want to move on. You know, up until this point in the season, I've been very adamant about the Nets needing to make a trade or Um, two—a big man, a backup point guard, maybe one more wing. But at this point, with everything we've seen from the healthy Nets, meaning you know, TJ Warren's out there, Seth Curry's out there. Yes, Joe Harris has missed some time lately, but you think that that's more or less just us protecting him from him. He does not need to play in these games. Uh, We'll we'll get him back soon. Has it gotten to a point with the Brooklyn Nets where they're in such a good place, eight straight wins, teams clicking on all cylinders, guys know their roles very well? Does Sean Marks need to make a move or two before the trade deadline, or should the Nets move on
1: with this roster? It's difficult because we're on an eight-game win streak right now. So it's one of those things where it's like, why touch something? Why try to fix something if it's not broken? But if you asked us two or three weeks ago, even after a couple games in the win streak, we would have said we're still lacking uh, front size. We're still lacking big men. Claxton's been crushing it. I know we have a a taller starting lineup with Durant and Simmons, but neither of those are true bigs. Even Simmons, if you look down, was having uh, a little bit of trouble guarding people on the block. I think a couple years ago he was much better. He lost a little bit of his defensive touch. Uh, So I want to say that it would be wise looking to the future to get like a John Collins. I know we were in the talks of of reaching out to John Collins at the beginning of December, Um, even a James Wiseman type. I know you mentioned that would be a cool trade. If we can get rid of one of our guards for a James Wiseman type who isn't the best defensively, but offensively provides a lot. He's huge. He's a force down low. Um, But on the other hand, like I almost want to say as well, not until you give me a reason. Not until I see us struggling again. Because with our guys right now, we're still out rebounding a lot of teams. When you have Simmons crashing the board, and you have Durant crashing the boards, even when you have T.J. Warren, Royce O'Neal, uh, Marcus Morris crashing the boards. Is it Marquise Morris? It's Markeith. That's what I meant. Markeef Morris crashing the boards. It's it's tough. So I know I just went back and forth like six times. I guess right now I'm gonna say no. I'm okay with this lineup only for the reason that I stress so much chemistry and I stress so how, how much important more important it is to get used to the guys you're playing with as opposed to continuously getting guys, even if those guys are, are marginally better. So I talk so much about the beginning of the season when we struggled of, trust me, once these guys kind of fall into a rhythm, figure out how we had to work off of each other, work together, we'll be in a lot better of a place, which we are now on this eight game win streak. I don't want to mess with that. And I haven't seen in the past two weeks while we've been winning a huge, huge gap uh, that I had seen earlier. And I think we're playing more tight knit, both defensively, uh, crashing the boards in all those different capacities. So I'm going to say no right now because we're finding success. And even when you look at like the Warriors, who never really have that front court, but they freaking just outscore their opponents. If we can kind of play in that similar style of quick offensive basketball even if we don't have the size a lot of these other teams do if we're still finding success i think that's okay so my answer right now is no don't fix it if it's not broken continue with what we have we have so much momentum right now let's dive forward with the team and we're deep
0: yeah that's a that's a very good breakdown on your part it's such a tough question right because then i think who do i want to trade well joe harris royce o'neill Patty Mills and um, Seth Curry, to me, all do sort of the same thing, which is they all need to hit threes. And some of them like do different, like Seth needs to score a little bit in the mid-range. Joe's a little bit of a better defender than Seth. Royce kind of does a little bit of everything. Um and, and Patty's kind of had the short end of the stick, no pun intended, up to this point in the season. So Patty, Patty Mills' value is extremely low. And I actually don't hate him on our bench because I think he's a huge glue guy. Um, he's a guy that people respect. And when he gets in there, you know, I don't necessarily hate when Patty gets minutes. Now, obviously, last year was was crazy and he got ran into the ground. This year, it, it's tough for him to find playing time. Um, but what I'm trying to say is you have four of those five of those guys that you don't need all of them. It's nice to have Joe Harris. It's nice to have Seth Curry. It's nice to have Royce O'Neal. But maybe one of them's expendable. That's, that's kind of my point. Um, if there's a trade out there where you can really bolster this team and you can get a backup five or a stretch four, make it. Uh, but be careful. Be, be careful of, you know, ruining the chemistry that has developed with all these guys. That's why for me, the best thing you can possibly do is if for some reason Cam Thomas and Dayron Sharp, one of those guys is attractive to a team, maybe trade them away with a draft piece or a draft pick in a future draft, and um you get a backup big. Because I don't know if you look at Darren Sharp and you say he has a future here in Brooklyn. I, I just don't. Uh, same with Cam Thomas. Cam's a very, very skilled individual. He can get his own shot whenever he wants. We saw that in the Pacers game. He can score 30 if given the opportunity, but he does not make sense on this team, Not not on this roster right now when everybody's healthy. So if you can move him and you can get a piece – who, who can back up Claxton, who can steal minutes from Simmons at the five, who can help out Markeith Morris, um, I think you do it. I think that's the only move that needs to be made, though. I don't think you need a backup point guard. I think Edmund Sumner has proven that he is a very competent backup point guard to Kyrie. Um, Even Watanabe has
1: proved that we're don't we we good on that three, four. Right, and, and again, I
0: don't think you need – you're right. You're right. I forgot about Yuta. I think Yuta does more – than the other four guys I mentioned on I the agree. defensive side of the ball, yeah,
1: yeah, hundred uh, percent. I also want to mention we didn't say this before with the prediction tonight. Joe Harris is out tonight. Does that does that right. sway your opinion anyway? Tonight? Not at all. Not at all. And Seth Curry we, we was we have we have a lot of Joe Harris towards playing.
0: There you go. Um, all right, so I mean that does it for for Nets basketball talk, Nick. Uh, the new year is coming up. It's, it's December twenty sixth, and I just wanted to know if you had any new year's resolutions that you wanted to share with our audience for 2023.
1: I'm not a big resolution guy. I'm going to do a dry January just to kind of reset the old body. I've been uh, indulging in a lot of holiday libations, if you will. Uh, So I think I just want to kind of reset health wise, Um, you know, just continue to push and grind and strive for our goals and our dreams, long-term, short-term, nothing specific, but just, you know pushing towards those overall success, successes and wins we want to have maybe maybe find love you know well you are dating someone i know but like find more love in that relationship oh like polygamy yeah
0: 100% i don't think you know what that word means if you're agreeing to that
1: uh she's down for sure okay
0: um yeah that's great thank you for sharing those resolutions that you want to drink less uh, i think it's a pretty easy Thing to conquer especially when you don't have a drinking problem which i don't think you do mom and dad have some you know they have some opinions on that uh and you're gonna have to talk with them about that not me i've told them for a while nick's good he likes to party don't worry about it they think you're like robert downey jr in the 80s
1: if you guys think you have a drinking problem, reach out for help. AA yes. uh, super yes. helpful.
0: Yes. No, I I th- my point being I don't think you have one, but mom and dad have said to me in the past, you know, Nicky does a lot of partying, maybe he should slow it down. Yeah, like why, have don't you, a good time. why don't you have They <laughs> said, "Why don't you have a talk with him?" And I said, uh, yeah, sure, I'll see if he wants to grab beer sometime."
1: That's a good call. You're a good brother.
0: All right, my New Year's resolution is uh, I just want to do everything and anything I can to improve this podcast. You know, Nick and I are at a place right now where we're very confident in the content we put out. Um, can we have more guests on in 2023? We absolutely can, and we will. I think when you know when we get close to the playoffs and we hit the off season, uh, we'll, we'll start to see some some really good guests come on the show again. Whether they're recurring, whether they're new, um, we're, we're going to start to do that outreach soon. Um, but Nick and I are in a place where this podcast, for those who don't know, we get hundreds of downloads, an episode, thousands, tens of thousands of downloads a month. And uh, we just want you guys you know, to know that we appreciate you. We hope you had an amazing 2022, but we're going to be back and better than ever giving you the best darn Nets content on the Internet in 2023. And I will literally do anything and everything to make this podcast better. I will give
1: one of you guys my kidney. If you need it. I feel like you just like in any, like anything you do, whether it's nets related or a podcast, you just make up numbers. Like, I feel like you just have no, like stats to you don't have to be factual, which I feel like is a problem for a sports podcast. And sometimes you just come off as like desperate to try to get people to listen to the podcast. Well, I, I'm so telling you, we also, have, so here's what I'll yeah, say. We're doing those well. were
0: real numbers, by the
1: way. We're getting some good listeners. I just implore you guys. If you like our show, share it with your friends and your family. We'll continue to put out some funny content. We'll fuck around. I'll make fun of Span all the time. But, you know. I never agree best, to that. Best way to grow. Best way to grow is to just share it around and uh, and kind of grow this community. Maybe one day we'll be throwing like events at bars and we'll be potting while drinking. I love drinking. You guys want to drink? Anyway, thanks, guys. We appreciate it.
0: Like I said, millions of downloads a week. Uh, no, I, Nick Nick's right. I'm terrible with numbers. But you know what I'm not terrible with? Basketball. Okay? Because I watch the game. I play the game. And most importantly, I love the game. Three time JCC champion. You heard it last week. Nick is a two time JCC champion. The two championships he won were with me. Thank you guys for listening to another edition of Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. We hope you guys have a great rest of your year.
1: All right. It's my 20... turn.
0: It's my turn. Hold on. Start 2023 with a bang in your own life, and in your family's lives. Was that good? I guess. Okay. Catch you on the fire side.